Welcome to Washington In Focus, powered by the Center Square and a production of America's Talking Network. I am Jeremy Lott, Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire for Washington State. To support great podcasts like this one, please donate by clicking the link in the show description. Today I am joined by my Washington crew, Brett Davis, Spencer Pauly, and Raylan Ricarti, which rhymes with Havarti. And we are we are talking about the elections that just happened, are happening, will continue to happen, are never ending, it seems. For people outside of Washington State, we don't have so much an election day as a season. It takes a very long time to count the ballots here because all of our ballots are mail-in or drop-in. For various reasons, it takes a long time to get them to places to be counted and then to count them and then to argue over the counting and then to sue over the counting and th- that sort of thing. So it's... We like it, chaos. We like chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, man, I should just start the chaos party. We, we could get at least five votes. I think that's... Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair minimum. So um, so the my myself and, and uh, the crew stayed up last night writing about the elections and uh, we're going to just march through... Everything we put up last night. So strap in, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Our first article is titled, Senator Patty Murray wins a sixth term defeating Tiffany Smiley. Brett, uh, what's uh, what's going on there? Well, despite Republican hopes for a possible upset, Patty Murray is uh, returning to the Senate for a sixth term. Uh, she had about 57% of the vote to Smiley's about 43%. So, yeah. And it, this is an early counting, but that's such right. an, a, a large lead that multiple uh, outlets called it for her. Um, the center squared actually does not call elections. We, uh, we look when multiple networks call or when the AP calls or something like that. And we simply report that something has been called. We don't have like an um, election, I don't know, uh, nerve center or something. You know, it, it seemed like Republicans had reason for hope. There was a, a poll that came out from the more information group, you know, right before the election that yeah. actually had a smiley ahead by a smidge. And then, you know, some polls before that, I think a Trafalgar poll had had the race tied. But yeah, that's not how it played out in reality. The, when the I first started, uh, s- sorry, I was going to say when I first started, um, like refreshing the page, the first thing I saw was smiley in the lead for like right. about five minutes. And it changed yeah. real quick. But I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. A really did- reversal of fortune. She did really good on the east side of the state. Yeah. So, as um, predicted. Well, indeed. The Trafalgar polls, we, there was always a question of, you know, how close to how good are these polls? But the right. Moore poll actually back in the day did a good job of, of predicting a, a very close race between Dino Rossi and Christine Gregoire. So, we, we, uh, we had some empirical reason to think. This might be close, but uh, across I know a lot the of the country. other polls had Patty Murray farther ahead, and they they seem to be uh, they seem to be correct. Yes, but I don't. Many of them didn't have her this farther ahead, at least in the, the counting at, at this time. So, um, you know, it was a it was typically a bad night for Republicans across the the fruited plain. So, um, you know, and uh, that uh, Washington State was uh, no exception. So true blue Washington, yeah, true blue. Uh, so our next story is titled uh, Democratic Challenger Gleisenkamp Perez could flip Washington's third district. And that's the only time I'm going to try to say her first of two last names. Her name Sounds is good. Maria Perez. Um, and um, she uh, what, what's this? Raylan did this story. I want you to tell me the, the sort of the background, who, who she was up against, what was going on here. And then I want you to tell me the story of how she cut down a tree. Yes. So. So um, this that, this kind of starts with Jamie Herr Butler, who is in, is the incumbent, 
um, voted to impeach Trump. And so, you know, she got challenged by Joe Kent and several other Republicans. And the Republicans poured a bunch of money into trying to paint Joe Kent as a socialist and a scary Bernie Sanders supporter, et cetera, to help Herrera Butler. But she lost to Joe Kent and Maria Perez. I'm going to say that for her last name. Anyway, um, Maria is from Stevenson, which is 90% in public ownership, largely forest, used to be a strong logging community. And that district, um, District 3, is primarily been Republican for years and years. And so it was sort of expected to stay that way. But her campaign was a kind of unusual for a Democrat. Like she cut a tree out of her backyard and made a reference to the fact that she was from a logging family. So she was trying to, you know, tap into um, a lot of the history from that area. Um, she did, you know, and they painted um, Joe Kent as he was endorsed by Trump. So he was a mega extremist, et cetera. And it seemed to work because she was ahead, you know, she was in the 50% 56 or 50, I can't remember what the numbers were now, but she was up there already last night and she appears to be holding that. And it looks like that district is going to flip Democrat for the first time in a long time over a decade. All because of the sacrificial tree. A commercial, I guess she did where she cut this yeah. tree down. Is that okay? Yeah. She went into her backyard and, and said that they, you know, use woods, woods, Stove. They lived out in the country, used wood stove. She could relate to everyone, and she cut down a tree, and it worked. So, so I guess she was pulling a George Washington. Yes. Yeah, and she was running, you know, on women's reproductive rights and usual Democratic platforms, but she kind of crossed over there, which you wouldn't see a lot of Democrats do, you know. And so um, it was a pretty smart campaign move, I think. Okay. There's another race that was looked like it was a possible Republican upset. Does not look uh, likely at this point. Um, the title of the piece is Re- Representative Schreier Pulls Ahead in Early Counting for Washington's 8th Congressional District. What happened there, Spencer? Or is happening there? Or might happen there? Sure. Well, some background. Uh, Schreier was the first Democrat to win the uh, 8th Congressional District since it was established in the 80s. So, I mean, that's crazy in itself. But she had a good chance of losing to matt larkin um because like republicans were during the primaries in august there was like 49 percent of the vote uh amongst all republicans that were you know running for the spot but yeah so far schreier's up 52 percent to larkin's 46.9 so yeah um it seems like she might retain it but you know yeah, still this is kind of too and, cool. we'll, and we'll see you know and that, that mm-hmm. district is it's not just king county it's spread out it's a very wide district. Oh, yeah. It covers Pierce County all the way uh, into the Cascade Mountains. So yeah. it's pretty wide. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, you know, Larkin ran his campaign as, uh, you know, make crime illegal again. And uh, it seemed like it, you know, was a good campaign, resonated with a lot of people in that district. But, you know, Schreier's also put up a lot about how she wants to, you know, up funding for police, which Larkin said she didn't at first. So Yeah, I mean, she did a lot I, to blunt the charge, including bringing home the bacon at the last mm-hmm. minute. She, I think she's, what, did she secured $2 million for body for cameras. For body-worn cameras, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, she's, I, she was trying to say, you know, she said, look, you can make these charge, but this is what I just did. So, bleh. Yeah, bleh. <laughs> I guess... Yeah, and it, we'll, we'll see how that one goes, but uh, you know, it was that one's going to be close. It, it was not a, as we said, it was not a good night for Republicans nationwide, and it, it would not surprise us if uh, you know 
there that that is true ultimately in this uh, in this district as well. Right. Um, and then our next story is Mannion leads Farrell in the race for a King County prosecutor. Now, I like there's two people that wrote this article. Uh, and so it's Brett and Spencer. And so I'd like you guys to have a conversation about it. And I will stand back. <laughs> talk, to, talk to me about this. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and start if you don't mind, Spencer. Go ahead, Brett. Let's see. Uh, Lisa Mannion, uh, she's beating Jim Farrell by a vote of about 55 percent to 44 percent. Uh, Mannion is the current, what is she? She's the current uh, chief of staff to uh, Dan Satterberg, who's retiring. And Jim mm-hmm. Farrell is the mayor of Federal Way. Yeah, I mean, and Mannion, her stance was that she wanted more community based diversion programs, whereas Farrell wanted to just crack down on more criminal prosecutions. You know, it seems so far that most people, most voters just would rather have these diversion programs. Right. And, um, and these two, they didn't appear on the uh, August 2nd primary ballot because it's a it's officially a nonpartisan contest and they're the only two candidates. So, you know, this is the only time they showed up on the ballot. Yeah, we. I don't think either of us had an idea who would win. Um. <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought uh, Farrell was going to pull it out, but it doesn't look to be the case right now. With the, you know, I, So I, far, I also, 32% I, of the vote has been counted, so we don't know for sure yet. But mm-hmm. I also things thought aren't trending well for him. I also thought Farrell had a decent shot. Sorry to jump back in here, but that's just because there was you looked at the polling and you had you know roughly thirty percent and thirty percent for either candidate and just a huge number of people who were undecided. And undecideds usually break for the person that's regarded as the challenger, right? Um, And that in this case was Farrell. So, so this is what is this the the first open open race in that position since I think nineteen seventy eight? I think it was seventy eight. Yeah. That's quite a long time ago. Older than you, Spencer. That's that's literally the just a bit. That's literally the year I was born. (laughs) I feel so old now. Yeah. So, um, our next story is titled Representative Newhouse, Republican Trump impeacher leads in early counting. Raylan, how much of a lead are we talking here? That was an interesting one. He's like at 69 percent of the vote. Anyway, um, that was an interesting one because he also voted to impeach Trump and he he prevailed through the primary because the Republicans ran six candidates against him and they split the vote enough to you know, put him through with a Democrat. And so then the question became, because the congressional district three or four is one of the one of the most conservative in the state. And so or the most conservative in the state. Anyway, um, would they vote for him? And a lot of the Republican um, parties in the district were very concerned about it, expressed concerned about it publicly, that people would just not mark their ballots or they would vote for the Democrat to send a message. But at the end yeah. of the day, they did not, and he just took a, a big sweep, and he, he's back in office. Well, you, you specifically talked in this article about how well, his strategy, which was to say, like, I'm the same conservative I've always been. I, I just voted to impeach Trump because I thought January 6th was, out, was outrageous, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that seemed to work in the general election in, in a way that— it, Well, it, 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 it did it work or— you know, it's a Republican area. A Democrat doesn't get elected to that area. So, you know, did his message work or was it simply that, you know, we're not going to vote Democrat? Sure. I mean, with close to 70 percent of the vote in early counting, I have to think maybe it had some residents, but I don't know. Our, our next story is titled Steve Hobbs leads in Washington Secretary of State contest. <laughs> so dramatic, Jeremy. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, I got very little sleep last night, uh, you know, so I got to keep myself awake. Well, maybe that's good because this one's this one's a little closer based on the initial initial returns coming in. So Steve Hobbs is the current uh, secretary of state. 
Uh, he has uh, almost 50% of the vote to uh, Julie Anderson's almost 47% of the vote. <laughs> and write-ins may play a part here. Uh, they they have 3.1% of the vote. <laughs> yeah, and most of those write-ins for, are for a Republican named Brad Clippert. We right. actually have, we profiled all three of these these individuals. So individuals. I'm curious to see if him, him being a write-in candidate essentially is allowing a Democrat, Steve Hobbs, to retain his position. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was actually something that the the um, uh, Northwest Progressive Institute did some polling and predicted might was a distinct possibility. Yes. Yes. It looks like it, it could be happening. OK. Third party so. races affected, you know, things across the nation here and there. You oh, know, yeah. so that's interesting, too. Like Tina Kotek in Oregon is right. just a little bit ahead of Christine Drazen. But if Bessie Johnson, the independent, had not run, she probably would have blown it away because Bessie was a Democrat, too. And yeah. most likely took both away from Kotak. I guess we can call this a spoiler alert. Mm. <laughs> yes. So they will start the spoiler party. <laughs> um, so I'll be curious to see how this one eventually plays out, given how close it is at the moment. Yeah. No, I mean, and the, one of the things that I just want to emphasize to all listeners, whatever your 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 you know uh, race or creed or whatever, you need to realize that it just takes forever to count votes in Washington. Um, so, uh, and the final story is Biden critic representative McMorris Rogers has strong election night showing how strong Raylan. Yeah, she, I think she, today when she released a statement about it, she was at like right around 60%, give or take, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, they're not done counting yet. So that will go up because they haven't, there's a large amount of ballots still out there but she that was predictable nobody thought that her democratic challenger would would take her you know and so yeah um yeah she's gotten it's like that really worked for her there. she's been highly critical of biden in the last you know six months um taking him on on numerous things and that seems to have resonated really well with the base for the yeah. fifth no, she's, district she's hitting him and hitting him and hitting him again so um, if the Republicans take the, the House of Representatives as looks distinctly possible, um, you know, that she will pro- her criticisms will be somewhat elevated. So mm-hmm. there is that. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Brett, just briefly. What you're, what are you seeing statewide in, in uh, you know, the further legislature? Is it uh, going to be essentially? What, are we going to have a similar legislature next yeah, time? The, that we the did status quo seems to be holding basically overall. Okay. That's what it looks like. The Democrats will still dominate the legislature. So, yeah, will they be much more dominant or about the same? Or what, uh, what, probably what about are we... the same as what it's looking like right now. But okay. you know, we're still waiting for things to shake out. So could change by a few seats here and there. But okay. generally, it looks to be about the same. Yeah, and and Raylan, you you're uh, gearing up to do a, a piece for us on. Uh, the Spokane County Council, that's gotten kind of shaken up by um, they had to do what districts now and there's five seats rather than three. And how, how did how is that uh, as, as counting goes on that? How is that shaking out? Well, that all started back in 2018. The Democratic legislators from the Spokane area passed a state law that forced the county commission to add two more districts. And they said it was to make the population distribution more fair for representation but what what it it really did was it created two districts that will pretty much always go Democrat. And so for the first time since 2006, there's two Democrats that will be seated on that county commission. 
you know, mm-hmm. and one of the races is still up for grabs, but it will probably go Republican and one of the incumbents. So you'll, the Republicans will probably retain control of the commission, but now they're going to have that Democratic voice on there because yeah, of but the they'll, they'll be the majority but, rather than, than, than the whole thing. Uh huh. Because they were, you know, all, all three of them. That was the other thing too. You used to be able to vote. You know, in the primary, you can only vote for within your district, but then in the general, you could vote countywide because those officials were also going to be representing you. Mm-hmm. Now you can only vote in the general for your specific district. So they eliminated the possibility of, you know, Republicans from outside that district changing the outcome. Basically, mm-hmm. they guaranteed that those are going to be Democratic districts. Yeah. Well, for now, we'll see. Nothing is permanent in politics, though. Some things seem to last a very long time. <laughs> Pendulum swings one way to the other. Yeah. All right. Washington, well, but, Washington doesn't do much swinging. Well, not, not lately, anyway. <laughs> they ain't got swing. It's Washington. All right. That's about all the time we have for this week on Washington in Focus. Thanks for hanging with me, Brett, Spencer, Raylin. We'll be back next week. Make sure to subscribe to Washington in Focus wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming back next time with more great podcasts. 